0: What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the question and answer podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. You can ask me anything and everything about our Catholic faith from morality to spirituality, whether it's a question about everyday life or... What we believe is Catholics, I'm here to help you find answers. If you're a first-time listener, be sure to follow the podcast. You can also hit me up with your own questions and comments at www.assistionpress.com slash Ask Josh. You can rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats, and share us on our social media platforms that can help other people to find out about the show. If it's good for you, it might be good for them, too. If you want to receive show notes and any updates about the podcast, be sure to subscribe to our email list by texting Ask Fr. Josh to 33777. Today's show, we're going to be talking about happiness. Remember a song from Pharrell? Because I'm happy, tap along if you feel like happiness is for you. Something like happy. Anyways, happy. How do we attain happiness? And so I'm going to give a way that we can attain happiness in Christ Jesus. But before we get into that, I want to share with you a glorious story. Yes, my glory story this week, I, it's been a whirlwind. We had our Diocesan Priest Formation Days, and they were amazing. The Divine Renovation crew came to our diocese. Uh, actually, we all went to Mississippi for the Formation Days, and it was restful. It was peaceful. I enjoyed the fellowship with my brother priest. I enjoyed the time of intimacy with Jesus in prayer. I enjoyed and thoroughly appreciated the insights that the, the team from Divine Renovation shared with our bishop and with our priest. It was just a restful week and it was good. And I was able to come back and celebrate the school mass with my kids at Sacred Heart of Jesus. And the choir was, they're just so good. It was absolutely amazing. And then after mass, um, I was able to go and meet up with some friends who are gonna be partnering with us at Sacred Heart of Jesus. Right now we're doing just a lot uh, of stuff in our church and in our school and in our neighborhood where we're we're really trying to renew and restore this entire area, which has been super beautiful. And it's so amazing how the Father is just like, He's so good to us, and He is bringing people into our lives, uh, inviting people and inspiring people to join our team and to collaborate with us through prayer and through fasting, through time, through talents, through treasures, through being benefactors. And, and so I'll, I've been able to connect with quite a few uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord who just believe in what the Holy Spirit's doing out here uh, through Vagabond coming to our campus pretty soon and through the sisters being here and through the lay disciples of Jesus Christ and their Bible studies and pilgrimages and retreats and conferences that are going on and, uh, and, and all the good things that are happening in the school. I mean, the school is just an amazing place of discipleship. One of our students is making her first communion. Today, uh, she chose on her own to convert to the church. And so she was baptized a few months ago and uh, made her first reconciliation. And And now she's make, receiving her first Holy Communion. And so I just, I'm so excited for her and for her family and and her her joy. It's so beautiful seeing a student who's like so joyful, almost like the saints, like a lot of the saints who converted through Catholic school. That's why I love Catholic education. That's why I love Catholic schools, because other people who aren't Catholic are inspired to receive the sacraments and become Catholic. Um, but yeah, like the saints who converted, like Sister Thea Bowman and so many others. So she is just super joyful and has been longing for the Eucharist for so long. And I can't wait to give her the Eucharist today at Mass. And so there's just so many glory stories I can go on and on. I'm filled with the heart of gratitude right now, uh, but enough of my gratitude. I wanna help you experience some joy in your heart. So let's go ahead and jump into today's question about how do we experience happiness? All right, so our question today comes in from Anonymous, and Anonymous writes, Father Josh, how do we experience authentic happiness? Not the happiness the world offers, but authentic happiness. And that is a great question. I think that to answer that question, we don't turn to the world, but we turn to the Word, to the Word of God, because the Word of God uh, speaks to us. The Word of God is the voice of God. The Word of God shares the truth of God with us. And so, happiness. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story, and then I'll illuminate through Scripture. So, Father Champagne is a holy priest in the Diocese of Lafayette. He's the superior general of the community of Jesus Christ crucified, great religious order out there, and uh, I'm sure he'll be a saint one day. But he tells the story of a, of a priest who he, a lot of us priests are rectories and our churches are on the campus of the cemetery. And so he was in his rectory and every day he would look out his window and see this woman who was grieving and crying in the cemetery because she was a widow and her only son passed away. So she was just devastated, felt all alone in the world and was just really, really sad and heartbroken. And so she was crying every day and he would pray for her. And then one day a knock came on the door and there was a woman at the door who was pregnant and bruised and beaten. And so she was in this abusive relationship and she said, Father, I don't know where to go. Uh, My boyfriend's beating me. I I need somewhere safe to be. And so Father was like, look, hold on just one second. So he went to the, the woman who had this house this empty house because her husband had passed away and her son had passed away. And he said, can you please take this woman in? She's a young woman. She's pregnant. She's in an abusive relationship. And the the lady was like, no, father, I can't. I'm too sad. I have too much grief going on. I can't focus on anybody else right now. My heart's broken. And he said, listen, please, you have this big house. I need help right now. Can you please do this? They went back and forth. And finally, she was like, okay, father. And she reluctantly said yes to taking this woman in. And by the end of her life, this elderly woman, by the end of her life, she had taken in over 1,000 women who were in crisis pregnancy situations, and she was filled with the joy of the Lord. She was filled with this interior peace. She had a smile on her face. Does this mean that she still didn't experience bouts of grief when she thought about her son and when she missed her husband? No, she still experienced the emotion of sadness, which is fleeting. But overall, she was a happy woman. She was a joyful woman. Why? Well, because she did what Jesus told us to do in Matthew 25. In Matthew 25, Jesus tells us to feed those who are hungry, to clothe those who are naked, to visit those who are in prison, to welcome those who are strangers, to take care of our brothers and sisters who are sick and in need. And so she was welcoming all these strangers to her home, and because she was being obedient to the Word of God, she experienced happiness. Why am I making the argument that being obedient to the Word of God leads to happiness? Well, because in the Word of God, it literally says, blessed are those who follow the law of the Lord. Blessed is synonymous with happy. Happy are those who follow the law of the Lord. She was following the law of the Lord, and therefore her happiness came from her obedience to the word of God. But you might say, but Father Josh, like, I already obey the Word of God, and I help out at the homeless shelter, and I'm a member of St. Vincent de Paul Society, so I also do home visits to the poor, and um, I, I tithe, I give alms. Like There's a lot of stuff. I, I've done mission trips, and I still experience this overwhelming lack of peace in my heart. So then, it, well, then what else is it? So in addition to giving to the poor, what else ought you do according to the Word of God? Well, the Word of God calls us to also to eat right and sleep well. So Elijah, in the Book of Kings, he was at a moment of profound anxiety and despair in his life. He even experienced suicidal ideations and God appeared to him through the ministry of an angel and told him to eat some food and go to sleep. That was what the Lord told him. He didn't say like, go pray a bunch of rosaries. He said, go eat some food and get some rest. And he did. And he got up and then God said, do it again. Eat some more food and get some rest. So what the Lord also tells us is, are you sleeping well? Because if we're not sleeping well, like that's going to mess with our emotions. It's going to mess with our mind, our mental health, our physical health it's all connected. We're physical beings, but we're also spiritual beings. We're, we're, we're both and, we're not either or. So we got to take care of our bodies in order to take care of our souls. I remember for a Lent one year, I decided to fast from sleep. And so I could pray um, more. So I do a holy hour every day and I want to do two holy hours. So I, I would fast in the morning and um, yeah, so I could pray for two holy hours. And it was the most ridiculous penance I'd ever done. And eventually at first it was cool, but then eventually it began to wear on me and I was miserable and I lacked joy and I was frustrated all the time and I was rude to people and I was distracted during prayer because I was so tired and it hit me. I discerned that improperly. This is why I never claimed to be infallible because that was not God's will for me to do that. God did not want me to 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 hurt my body like that. And so sleep is good. Now, there might be times in our life where we can't sleep, me as a priest, if I get sick calls. Uh, and I've had assignments where I've had sick calls throughout the night. And that's just part of my vocation, as I'll have to lose sleep for the sake of the sacraments. You might be a, a parent who has small children. You wake up throughout the night. You might be an adult taking care of your adult parents. Wake up throughout the night. Okay, so th- there are reasons why some of us can't help that. But at the end of the day, sleep is a good. And Jesus slept. So if he slept, we should try to sleep too. And one thing that Sometimes limits us from being able to sleep well is what we're eating. The food that we put into our bodies can have a positive effect on us or a negative effect on us. And it's important to get to know our bodies and find out what foods are healthy for me and what foods are not healthy for me. There are some foods that are just not good for us. And if we eat them too much, they can lead to us not thriving. We become lethargic. We get tired all the time. We're, 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 and we think we're just lazy. And it's like, no, we're not lazy. It's you're, you're eating the wrong food. And so it's important for us to serve the poor, but also pay attention to if possible what we're eating and how much time we're able to try to get by sleeping well, which means like there are things we can do. We can't put the phone away because the phone, iPhone at night is not good for our eyes. We can maybe sleep uh, in a cold room. We can put curtains up to block the sunlight so we can have complete darkness in our room. There are things that we can do to help us to sleep. I think there's even like magnesium lotion that you can put on your body, right? So, But you say, but Father Josh, I already sleep pretty well and I eat healthy and I serve the poor. So then then what could it be? Well, you know what? Maybe you need to take medicine. In the Bible. Old Testament, God speaks in Sirach 38 and says that the foolish person rejects the pharmacist and the the hands of the doctor, that God uses to heal people, that God uses to give us medicine. And so medicine is a good thing. And so if you're like, but yeah, I'm taking medicine and I'm sleeping throughout the night and I'm eating really healthy and working out and I'm also serving the poor, but I still lack this happiness. Well, then... My question is, with how much your prayer life? Why well, yeah, I pray every week. Well, how often you pray? Well, I, I pray. I go to mass every Sunday, and, and every day before I go to bed, I tell God I love Him, and I, I pray, pray, "Our Father, help, Mary, glory be." Well, the Word of God says in Psalm one, a "Blessed is the person who meditates on the law of the Lord day and night." Again, blessed, happy is the person who meditates on the law of the Lord, the Word of God, the Scriptures day and night. So, are you praying every single day and night? Are you just limiting your prayer to like one day a week with like a passing prayer at night? Are you really meditating on the Word of God day and night? Not just you talking, but you listening to God. Because the more we listen to God, the more we can perceive God's voice, God's love, God's gaze, and God's gaze is healing and it purifies and is restorative. So and there are many more antidotes. So those are just like four or five that I've given those are if we do those things and everything else the word of god tells us then yeah we're still going to lose wealth and life we're still going to be unhealthy because of cancer and the flu and covid and whatever else it might be diabetes we're still going to lose loved ones and experience moments of grief and we're going to experience the emotion of sadness and anger when when we're triggered but In the midst of the passing sadness and anger and the grief that's up and down, there is an enduring peace and enduring happiness that we can have and obtain in our souls if we obey the Word of God. So that's how I propose we work with the grace of God towards experiencing authentic happiness. With that being said, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into our saint for the day. Stay tuned because this saint used the Word of God in pretty messed up circumstances.
1: Wouldn't it be nice to have a Bible that actually explains how to navigate it and make sense of it? A Bible that includes a detailed plan for how to read it with a page layout that's designed for study and personal devotion? Now, for the first time ever, there is a Catholic Bible that does just that. A Bible that incorporates the same color-coded learning system that has proven so effective in the Great Adventure studies. I have had the privilege of working with some of the most talented biblical scholars of our day, Mary Healy, Andrew Swafford, and Peter Williamson, to create the Great Adventure Catholic Bible. This Bible makes the complex simple as it guides you through the narrative woven throughout salvation history. The translation is the Revised Standard Version, Second Catholic Edition, an elegant, accurate, and modern Catholic translation. The Great Adventure Catholic Bible is perfect for your personal devotion and Bible study, or as a gift for friends and family. If you want to understand sacred scripture and be transformed by the word of God, then this is the Bible for you. Pick up your copy at ascensionpress.com.
0: Welcome back. Don't forget you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.ascensionpress.com slash Josh. You can also rate us and view us on iTunes, podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify, and any other podcast that's out there that way other people can find out about the show. If it's good for you, it might be good for them too. Our saint for today is a woman from Poland. You know, i will be loving them Polish saints because St. Saint John Paul II, St. John Paul the Great, that's my dude, that's my man, that's my spiritual father. Uh, so yeah, the saint is from Poland and her name is Blessed Natalia. Blessed Natalia, she died in 1945, uh, which is not that long ago, 1945 uh, is whenever she passed away. So she was... A young woman, faithful Catholic, loved the Lord, super normal, had a gift of music and teaching and um, loved culture, was engaged to be married, but didn't work out. The guy she was engaged to was atheist and communist, and they they couldn't agree on, on Jesus. And Jesus Christ was her first love. And so she was like, you know what? If we can't agree on Jesus, then I just don't think it's important for us to get married, imprudent for us to get married. And so she said, I don't feel called to be a nun, so I'm just going gonna, gonna to live my life as a single woman. In the world but bringing like the gifts of the church into the world so she was like a teacher and she was an amazing teacher uh, but eventually because of persecution she whenever the Germans invaded Poland they had to leave their home and so uh, so she had to, to to move away and they they relocated in Krakow and so she worked as a librarian but at this point now the the Nazis are you know they're obviously oppressing study and so the libraries they had books that communists approved of, that Nazis approved of, but they didn't have other books that would have uh, preached the truth. And so what she would do is have like an underground truth team and she would teach people about Jesus and the church and music and the arts and culture and Polish history in the underground. And through her involvement in this underground community, she found out about a group of Polish women who were being deported to Germany um, to work in this factory. And so uh, she felt the Lord say, "Go with them." Kind of like whenever Jesus was walking toward Rome, and Peter said, "Quovadis? Where are you going?" And Jesus said, "I'm going to Rome to go die." And so Peter went to Rome, where the Christians were being persecuted, where the Catholics were being martyred, and that's where he was martyred with his brothers and sisters. And so she chose to go where her people were being persecuted, and so she joined this like this factory place. And while she was there, she would organize prayer teams and teach scripture and do retreats and talk about Jesus and the Word of God and all these people uh, began, these women began to have conversions. Eventually, because of the great work she was doing, she even got priests to come. Priests would come in and bring the sacraments. It was amazing like what she was able to do. But because of what she did, eventually she got caught and she refused to snitch. You know, they say, some people say snitches get stitches and wind up in ditches. She was unwilling to snitch on any of her brothers and sisters who also were in the underground Catholic community. And so they tortured her and they beat her and they wounded her. And finally, on Holy Saturday after Good Friday, uh, she was sent to the gas chamber where she was executed. And now she's a a blessed, blessed Natalia from Poland. And so I just, yeah, I, I love the fact that she was so immersed in the word of God that she imitated Jesus and did what he did. And she went to be with people who were suffering. And that she was so immersed in the word of God that she was able to share the word of God, even when she didn't physically have the word of God in her hand. And, um, and so in the midst of being in this terrible place, she radiated this joy because she abided in relationship with the word. She meditated on the law of the Lord day and night. She served the the poor and disf- disenfranchised and the suffering members of the, of the community. Yeah. And that's what happiness comes from the Lord, not from the world. So, Blessed Natalia, we invite you to please pray for us. Until next week, I will see you all in the Eucharist. Can't wait to share the good news, the big news about the Congress. And uh, yeah, God bless. Bye.